We are The Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk, where we'll take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. Good morning, everybody. And today we've got Ben King from Pesky Fish. So, Ben, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about Pesky Fish? Yeah, good morning, sir. So, um, well, my name is Ben, uh, ben King. Uh, I'm the, the founder. I tend not to use the word CEO because uh, you have to earn the title. So I use skipper uh, of, of, uh, of our company. Um, and uh, Pesky is a, is a platform. And it's actually a marketplace that enables the end of the chain in the seafood industry, so people at home uh, and the restaurants, to be able to buy directly from the base of the chain. And uh, while there are a couple of executions within that, the fundamental ambition of the business is to build uh, a, a supply chain and an industry which itself is sustainable and in the fishing industry is you know people might have heard for for some time now is itself in, in a precarious position and so seeing that there was a way to make it sustainable we decided to build the business as a platform so that consumers could use their purchasing powers to drive that sustainability so that's uh, that's what we do so so can i ask uh, i mean is your background uh uh in do, I mean, fishmongery, or you, you know, uh, absolutely and, and... not. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, it's definitely not. I mean, this is this is um, when I, when I first started, I used to have to have a cup, and actually, I'll share with, I'll share it with you. We should probably put this on on the on the website actually, uh, which had all the fish species on it. Because I couldn't, I couldn't distinguish when we did our first Saturday market down in Birmingham. <laughs> I couldn't distinguish between one species and the next. Um, but the the the, the sort of uh, genesis of the business was seeing. Actually, it was we wanted to start a restaurant. Uh, it was based on. It was based on uh, the very very original idea. It was based on Flat Iron, um, the state restaurant. Um, okay. in London. And uh, in, ironically, now the. The the founder of Flatiron is one of our biggest investors, which is uh, which is a beautiful bit of, of serendipity. Um, but the whole idea was that you were seeing in the restaurant trade this sort of beautiful development of businesses like Flatiron that were uh, bringing uh, quality produce and making it accessible. And so that'd be steak with pizzas, ramens, but you weren't seeing it with fish. And you were either seeing fish and chips on one end of the spectrum or uh, really expensive fish at the other. And so having to look at seeing whether we could make the seafood flat iron, Charlie had told me that you'll never make it work because the supply chain traceability doesn't really exist, quality's all over the place, da -da 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 -da. every sort of reason why the supply, supply chain limits that. And so it's like, well, that's the red flag. Let's go and rebuild the chain. Um, so that was the, that was the original uh, pilot light that got us to where we are now, you know, three and a bit years later. And I guess the fishing industry, I mean, we're, we're an island nation surrounded by water. And I guess, you know, around us, we have um, some incredible kind of fish that, that, that gets caught. But from what I read and understand, a lot of that has sort of been shipped off to yeah. uh, other parts of the world. So, you know, in terms of consumption, we, we seem to, again, from what I understand, eat a very narrow range of fish. Uh, and 
you know, I guess most people's experience would be buying it from from their local supermarket. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely bang on. You know, the the simple stat it's it's changed a little bit now. But when we first started, you know, eighty percent of the fish we caught we would then export, and eighty percent of the fish we would eat we would import. And you know that you know that's a nature of a of a, of a globalized supply chain. But it was it was it was ridiculous in the sense that. You know, one of the, the drivers for that, let's say, disproportionate ratio was the lack of access and, and transparency for for customers, as you say, in supermarkets to see really what is available at the base of the chain. And, uh, you know, that's that's the bit that's been most exciting of recent, especially in the home delivery market, is that, you know, and this is this is true to any market, I believe, whether it's seafood or meat or actually any sort of commodity. As soon as you create transparency and as soon as you create access, you'll start to see the mechanics work towards where there is the best best value between both supplier and and uh, and and consumer and bypassing the supermarkets in some respect because they are a gatekeeper so yeah i think it's a it's a weird it's a it's a it's a very odd uh reality that we've been in but it, i don't think it's the reality we're going to be in in a couple of years time so i mean i i guess you know i i came across you a few years back and was immediately like this is this is really interesting i guess the thing which sparked my interest was the notion of actually you had named boats with kind of catches coming in and you were almost able to buy directly from the, the, those boats. So, you, you know, this this whole thing of bringing the kind of fishing industry to life, um, you know, was 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 really interesting to me. It's not it's not something I'd kind of really thought about beforehand. And I, you know, so things like traceability which I think increasingly consumers are kind of interested in or, or want to know about is sort of built into the proposition. Yeah, is that exactly. And I think, you know, ultimately, traceability can sometimes be used and provenance can sometimes be used as a marketing attribute without actually realising its true value. And, and, and that is trust. If you can guarantee and you can ensure that you know where the base, what, where you're sourcing it from, you, at that point in time, you have the, you should have the information to say, is this, um, does this align with my conscience, my ethos as a, as a consumer? Do I want to, do I want to buy from, from this, uh, from this source? Um, you know, and, and and for us, it was, you know, traceability again. I come back to that word transparency, and traceability was just a byproduct of that. We had to create the means whereby you could source from the base of the chain because that's how we could create the most efficient supply chain and the most uh, and the and the best product for the consumers at the end at the end but it just happened to be that this coincided with this you know great macro trend of people being becoming more and more considerate at, at all parts of the demographics not just those who have you know the money to be able to afford it but this should be a standard a standard practice and you know so as i said it was a bit like wildfire when we first started was that yes, people get especially the restaurants were getting you know objectively a better quality product because we were doing so little to it from the boat to to their kitchens, but they were putting up pictures of the boats that we were we would even put the um, the track that the boats had been on that day to catch their fish, and they would then use that on their social media. So the domino effect was enormous. So yeah, it was a, it was it was a it was a brilliant and very fortuitous attribute that we have. So can I, again, uh, I mean, I'm interested in the kind of genesis of the business itself. So you had this great idea. I mean, wh where did you start? Did you start with going off and talking to the, 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 the trawler, the people, well, the, the people who own the fishing boats or, um, uh, or yeah, I mean, so where, where, what was the starting point? 
well, it feels it feels like a long time ago now. In some respects, it wasn't even that long. But the 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 great you know great fortune that my mum my and dad gave me was being uh, you know relatively precocious sometimes and having no fear about going and uh, talking to people, <laughs> knowing that the nine type people out of ten will tell you to bugger off. And and it was exactly that. It was, and I think this is, you know, one of the things which I definitely will do if I come to run a, a second business, if I ever fall out of love with Pessy, which I don't think I, I could, um, is to assume nothing and to go and just uh, speak to the people who were involved at all the different points of the chain and try and understand and map the industry, realising that it was multi-layered. There wasn't just one supply chain that went to supermarkets. There was It was incredibly fragmented. And to get as much of an understanding of of that fragmentation but what were the mechanics that were driving the sort of perpetuity of, of certain factors within it so why why were there four or five steps between a boat coming in and it being on a, on a plate in the supermarket why was it that 80 percent of the fish was um, was imported and 80 percent was exported so you know in in the end it, the the sort of logical conclusion looking at that fragmentation was you know we let's try and make it work to be able to go direct knowing that the value chain efficiencies of big scale which we wouldn't have had in the first in the first instance could work to our potentially work to our detriment but we set up a same day uh, a same day supplier so that um uh, in london you never go to a fish restaurant uh, 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 on a monday because nobody could ever get fish on a monday but because we were landing it and sending it up on on monday you could now have restaurants go you could now have unbelievable fish on a monday um and that's what it was we started we started in Newlyn with a boat uh, in Senning Cove, right near Land's End. And we had a partnership, uh, again, this sort of mindset of what, even if it doesn't feel possible, what could happen. And so I just spoke to Great Western Rail. And I said, look, can we put the fish on the front of your train? It's sealed, so there's no smell because it's fresh. There is no smell. And would you be happy for us to do that? Because then we could go from Penzance to, to Paddington in five hours. And that's what we did. And so it would leave at 8.44 on Platform 1 at Paddington, uh, sorry, uh, Penzance, and it would get into Platform 1 at Paddington. And then we would send it on car electri um, electric cargo bikes to the restaurants. And then it just, as wow. I said, it was so easy at that stage because it was a better product. So, so just to get this straight, you started with one boat, a train and some what? electric bikes. And, um... That's it. That was it. And so can I, I mean, just, I, I'm, I'm so fascinated. So going back to the old way of doing things, and I guess, I mean, did you sort of physically draw it up on a board or did you, you know, and just go, well, this, this doesn't make sense, you know? It's exactly that. It was, it was literally, I used to have this chalk, but uh, I used to have either my, the whiteboard and our flat at the time, my, my now wife was not, was wildly dissatisfied with the fact that I took one of the chairs out and put a chest freezer in. <laughs> Uh, and convert that to a fridge for our salmon, and then I'd have the whiteboard on top of it. And it was, it was writing down the chain and sort of seeing where, but also not so much in the chain, it was what were the va what were the components of value that were generated out of this chain? So, you know, one of the things which we couldn't do because fishermen only get out 150 days of the year because of weather, we couldn't provide continuity. And we therefore couldn't provide stability of price on wild fish. So we knew that we would have to then offset that with other benefits elsewhere that would trump it um and then it was just a process of iteration you know and seeing what worked that was and it, you know if, to, to anybody starting a business the most fundamental thing i would you know i would do now again is distill it down to its most simple execution to get the most amount of learning in the short term and without committing time and energy and uh, to trying to make it perfect um so yeah it, it was very basic to begin
No, I think th- I think that's such good advice to be honest with you, because I think the temptation is to immediately overcomplicate what you're trying to do rather than to kind of really simplify it out. Especially with tech, like you know, the yeah. we did we built the whole business for six months. We did everything on WhatsApp, and we didn't. We wow. then we then set up an app after we did that, but we used WhatsApp and personal conversations, and that got us into you know ninety of the best restaurants in in London exclusively organically. You know, we didn't we didn't go out and ever try and win a business, but win a customer. Uh, we were able to do that, and we, it was all done on WhatsApp. So that with that gave us the you know the core ingredients for what tech we would then develop. So that so then you know at some point you you were kind of delivering to trade. Then you decided at some point to kind of go to the end consumer as well. So yeah. kind of what precipitated that dis- d- decision? One thing exclusively that was the COVID and lockdown. We had I remember in our, in our investment deck. I wrote specifically, we will not go after the home consumer market because it is operationally too complicated and it will di- it will dilute our focus on the B2B side of the business because I said the, the, the original objective of the business was to, to make the entire industry sustainable. So we needed, we assumed we'd have to do it at the base. We'd have to take every single fish that would be landed and, you know, home consumers account for quite a small proportion of that. So we, I originally thought it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that big, uh, big a deal, but then, yeah, I mean, I was proved, you know, fortunately very wrong through COVID. That, I mean, that's fascinating that the sort of pandemic kind of uh, sort of resulted in a pivot as they like to say in business. But, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so so, but it's a. I, I guess you, you know, dealing with consumers, the end consumers. I get you. You then needed a kind of proper marketplace, so yeah. you know things like WhatsApp probably wouldn't have kind of, no. um, you, you know, covered that. But I, I, I think the other thing which is 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 sort of fascinating about what you've done is just then how you've leveraged leveraged things like social media. So, mm. you know, I'm kind of interested in the. You, you know the, the kind of mechanics so did you go and get an off-the-shelf marketplace off-the-shelf marketplace or um yeah well to, be, to begin with we did and i can promise you now dave like the first first couple of weeks when we moved on it were the simultaneously the, the fastest rate of sale i've ever seen by a country mile i think we would were selling something like when we would open the market so we'd launch the market at seven in the morning and it would run from seven until eight so that we would then pack and send it out that evening. And we were going through a process, I think we were selling something like 15 or fifteen or 18 scallops a second to begin with. I can remember go- going on and sort of being three minutes late to the start oh, yeah. of the market and it's all sold out. Go, and it's all gone. And, but, and, but, but in a way that kind of like was, it's a great way of, of kind of getting people, yeah. It really, what it really did was so in those early days. Cause I, I remember, you know, myself and the team would get incredibly exasperated because you're like, the two, the two fundamental issues. There was the lack of supply, and we, you know, at that point we were trying to bring on boats. But we weren't able to bring them on quick enough relative to the amount of demand was swelling. I mean, we had something like fifteen thousand like people to sign up to the daily email within the first couple of weeks. And uh, the big challenge we had in terms of your question about do we get an off-the-shelf marketplace, we did. We tried Wix, then we tried Shopify. We've actually had to move on to WordPress now because the biggest barrier, the biggest thing that people got so angry about was that if they would have a, um, if they put something in their basket, if they didn't buy it quick enough, someone could, and someone else had put it in their basket, it would get taken. And people people go like apoplectic about about this, which is is fun. But your, your point in a really really weird roundabout way is 
it just reinforced the scarcity and therefore the sort of unique attribute of the proposition. The fact that it wasn't a wholesaler, it wasn't a shop where you were drawing down an inventory, you were going to get the product that was coming in literally hours before. And I think that really helped, which we then, you know, to your point on social, we would then just translate that you know, single idea onto everything that we were, the way that we would communicate. Um, so yeah, well, that was, uh, that was and it still causes us challenges today. Believe me, especially with scallops. But uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think the scallops is quite interesting because, again, you know, a lot of your posts around the scallops just talk about how quickly they go. And I mean, again, yesterday I tried to buy some and, um, you know, I failed because I was three minutes late to the market or whatever. That's so, it. Um, but, it, but, but, you know, the scallops, just the scallops is, a, I, I think, a great example of, you know, the, the 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 product and how you're kind of showcasing the product and you know there's a the 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 chap who does the diving for the the, the scallops there's sort of videos of him sort yeah, of Fraser. disappearing into the water you yeah. can kind of you, you sort of can feel the love and care which is going into the product product the sort of provenance of everything just sort of oozes through the social media and I guess. That hasn't happened by accident, or has it? You know, it's... Well, it sort of has and it hasn't. I mean, you know, coming back to the original point when we start with restaurants, we never thought that you'd see a restaurant like Leroy who would put up the, the track of the boat and, and advertise where their pollock had come from that day. You know, there are... I think, you know, it, it, comes, back to, it comes back to the sort of the fundamental, you know, the, I'd say the sort of mindset. I, ethos is often a word that's overused in business, but the mindset of the business is that, you know, ultimately our profit will be the byproduct of returning value to people, not the other way around. And if um, and that has to go both ways, but it has to be at the demand and the supply side. So what's fantastic is that, you know, we're able to through the purchases that people are making at home, they are able to support a better livelihood, a better income, and especially a more sustainable one in terms of consistency with the home delivery market. And so the, the, the people like Fraser are very engaged to support that because it supports his livelihood. And I think, you know, to for come back to the point we were talking about earlier on provenance, you know, it's it's actually coming back to why do people find it interesting and it's and i think it's a sense of comfort it's a sense of i do know where that's come from and i trust that this service is delivering against it and so you know when the medium itself is so beautiful you know whether it be well, not the fishermen and not all of them beautiful but when the when the sea and everything <laughs> that goes around the pro the fish is so beautiful and then for when it turns up in your box and it looks like it did in the pictures it's not the sort of sad stinky old dry bit of fish but it is something that quick it's a holistic experience that should be infectious i i believe um so yeah it's 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 luck as well as a little bit of design but i think i mean again you're sort of it, it makes a lot of sense you're going with the flow in terms of a product like um uh, like fish and shellfish where as you say people are really interested to know where it's come from yeah. they want that attachment and um you, you know i think it's brilliant you know how you kind of build those stories you know so i mean you just launched a, a, and we kind of met over some oyster shucking so you've just launched a a a line of oysters as well yeah um and you know again it was very interesting to sort of see how the story developed around you know where those oysters came from and how much of a champion you made out of is it andy who's who's andy, yeah oyster? Yeah, oyster farm. Exactly. And it, it, it sort of felt like everything felt very positive, to be honest with you. Yeah. So 
Bitter. You know, and then as you say, when the product turns up, it it doesn't disappoint. You know, it's beautifully, beautifully boxed and um, you know, fresh as fresh as fresh as you like, with some some great instructions in terms of what to do with things. So, um, you know, it's exactly it, it's kind of interesting. I think how that kind of all works, and then you know, going back to the sort of supply of fish. I mean. What's interesting is sometimes the boats can't go out because of weather, no. and it's it's great to see you don't shy away from that. You kind of make a virtue out of that. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, there's there's a couple. And also, the bit which I find really fascinating now, and you see this in other other sort of different categories, is that if you if you enable people to become just a little bit give them a little bit of expertise so they feel like experts the sense of like confidence and almost like right i'm part of this now is is you know is a, is a big is a big thing and you know we've put in in the last couple of days we've started to put in the weather forecast that we use in the business at the base of our emails so that people can see right over the next five days this is it's southwesterly wind so this is where it's likely to have a little bit of an impact and you know for people whether they you know we know a load of people buy the our fish yesterday during the day with their with their families, but they buy it for dinner parties. If you can go around and say, look, you know, I've been able to buy this, but actually, and this weekend there's quite big southwesterly winds. You know, like the sense of purpose and the sense of like value that you get as a customer, you know, I think is 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 enormous. That's why you know your your oyster. The experience that you had with your oysters day, you know, especially coming to shuck them, most people won't know how to shuck them. But the if you if you feel like you go through that experience and you've learned how to do it, you've enjoyed a brilliant experience. It, as I say, I come back to the word infectious. It's 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 really infectious. But I, I think the one the one point because you reference it on 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 Andy is around it being a positive story. The only bit which you know people don't see is the amount of effort it goes in go that goes into cultivating this group of suppliers, because you know like we have been developing a crab meat now for three months it's taking us an enormous amount of time whether that be creating the cooperative of boats the packing partner to so that we can be a pesky branded so that we can not only guarantee traceability but for it to be the best quality product and the the sort of gestation period of bringing people like andy i mean I, i met andy three and a half years ago you know, it's taken that long to for him to create the product, get it to a point where it's perfect. But from you know, from my side, I'm not willing for us as a business now that we've now that we've calibrated people's expectations here. We will never dilute down. Like today's delivery is always the worst it will be relative to tomorrow. So yeah, it does it does take quite a lot of time, but it, the benefit is so tangible. I mean, I think I think that's such a again such a great way to look at things is you know it's always forward quality is always can be better and i mean it's it's just because i guess around around a product like um seafood you have to be very careful about quality and big uh, time big time so i mean i i I get there was a couple of other things which i was kind of interested in one is the packaging so yeah you know what people have is boxes turning up and you know i i may have used some other delivery people in the past who you know send <laughs> send stuff through in polystyrene boxes yeah. and it's always breaks my heart that um yeah. you know you've then got sort of things going into landfill i guess you, you know one of the other things that you focused on is sort of recycle recyclable and um compostable packaging yeah uh, i mean how much how much effort did went into kind of thinking that all through well i, I mean it's enormous i mean so you, you know again 
the benefit the benefit we have as a business and it, this is where the you know the upfront the discipline to do this at the very beginning of building a business is to we set three very specific tenants into the business uh, uh, three sustainability three sustainability pillars so it means that we cannot do anything unless it achieves that and so that's that's um uh, uh, fish uh, fish stocks fishing incomes and, and fishing community incomes and then uh, resource use in the chain so that as a business we want to get to to at least net zero and hopefully the industry to net zero so the way that we've approached that is is taking an approach with our suppliers that isn't isn't this transactional relationship where we're looking at unit cost uh, benefit and playing suppliers off one one another is that we have and I was just there yesterday actually we were we we picked one supplier and we set a research we set a development pipeline of eighteen months for what we're trying to achieve and and all the attributes that we're trying to create um, for the customer experience but that also aligned to our to our um, tenant to us to our resource use uh, tenant um, and. You know the the challenge that a lot of customers have sometimes they look at the prices and they go wow that's quite expensive but you know what people don't necessarily know and actually I'm gonna I was gonna write a blog post about it this week but you know in the spirit of a transparent business for people to know that it costs us four pounds eighty just for the box that's it then costs to 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 package that it then costs another six pounds to deliver that so you've already got ten pounds fifty a worth of cost before you put any fish inside it but right. it would, I would rather us be um, ensure that our customers knew that they could chuck everything into their recycling bins rather than having the debate because we know how much of a barrier that is to people participating. Um, so, you know, we're like, but we're going like the attention to detail again is, is just, you know, across the team is just enormous. So one of the things which we're doing, which Dave, you might think is ridiculous, is we're looking at creating a, um, a, 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 a scent which is of sea mist so that when you open up your box, that's what you smell. Because uh, there's no smell of fish, but we want that first experience when you open right, up right, right. there to, 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 come, to, to come out. Now, you know, that's not necessarily a priority in the short term because the fish shouldn't smell, but little tiny bits of attention to detail like that then needs to be packaged in, in, you know, in materials that is gonna have no long-term impact. So it's a really almost atomically challenging uh, task but it is worth its weight in gold and it's worth its cost actually because of the participation you get for customers. So, and uh, look, I mean, uh, it is the attention to detail, which I think really, really kind of matters. So, I mean, again, from a consumer point of view, you know, if you're having fish delivered, you know, certainly one of the things I do is I, I, I order quite a lot in one, one go and then sort of yeah. shove, shove stuff in the freezer. So, in terms of how consumers are buying it, do you do you have a good handle on that? I mean, have you done research or? Yeah, 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 and I think that's you know the across the team. So there are three there are three main roles where across the team where we do uh, periodic research, either on a weekly or a monthly basis, to watch and uh, to watch um, how patterns are, are changing. And what we're seeing now is um, customers increasing the average uh, order the un the units they're they're ordering in their box. Um, and the drive for that is that they, they'll get it and they'll freeze it. And because when they're getting it that fresh, it, the, the process of freezing isn't too detrimental to the quality. But what does um, uh, what is really interesting now is that we're getting customers who are saying, right, well, I'll keep the fridge for, for four days. I'll, I'll keep the fish for four days in the fridge. And actually with certain fish, this is this is a comes back to the what we were discussing before the, the we started, Dave, is 
a Dover sole you want to leave for three or four days in your fridge because of the fact that the meat itself has such a strong bond to the skeleton that you need to let it soften down. So actually, you right. can let it, you can leave it for a bit and it will taste better than it or eating it on the day that it arrives. Now, that's not true for mackerel, but it is definitely true for things like Pollock and Dover sole. So, you know, where we're massively letting people down right now is we're not giving them the information so that they can make that informed decision at the point of purchase, let alone at consumption. But it therefore opens up a whole really exciting world for us in content. So uh, yeah, it's, the patterns are changing, but the, the overall trend is people are buying more often and they're buying more, which is, which is obviously for us and for the industry is brilliant. No, fantastic. Well, listen, it's been incredible talking to you. I'd just chat about this all day. Um, <laughs> But thank you so much for joining. I, I think there's some real lessons in terms of thinking about starting a business. And, you know, I, I loved your advice about just simplifying things down and then, you know, trying things in, in, in a very simple way as well to kind of get yourself started. So Brilliant. No, well, thank you very much for your time. As I say the one, the one thing above anything now, if I go back to the entire three and a half years and if anything I was going to, if I could do more, which I, we, definitely, you, we definitely could have, I definitely could have, is never ever compromise on the notion of deriving the maximum amount of value because that's where the long term that's where the long term value of the business comes from so you know we're very lucky we work in a great industry and we've got great customers like you dave so you know that's the that's the, the best reflection of that so yeah thank you so much for your time yeah no brilliant thank you for joining us thank you for listening to pep talk today powered by the purposeful project if you found it interesting please give us a review and follow us in addition, you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge, as well as get access to Pep Talk and the Purposeful Project podcast direct in your inbox every week.